Emirates win for plucky Manchester United holding on at home against West Ham. I hate to feel like this, but 12 months on, not a lot's changed, has it? Oh, come on. Everything has changed 12 months on. Things that were different today than they would have been under Moyes. Playing McNair, a very bold decision. There's no way Moyes would have done that. And he essentially saved the game for us with that dramatic late backheader. The Some of the football on show when we had 11 men on the pitch was absolutely lovely to watch. Radamel Falcao's first touch wasn't there uh, this time a year ago. And actually, like in a lot of ways, I feel that that team needed a gritty 2-1 win more than it needed another 4-0 showpiece. Of course, we'd all have enjoyed that more. But after the sort of capitulation against Leicester, I was quite impressed by the fact that their heads didn't go when, when they went down to 10 men. The heads didn't go, but I think that might say something more about the resetting of expectations than the quality of the team. I mean, look, there's more to come from this side and I'm sure United will come good. There's too much talent to not come good. Of course, but uh, there, there wasn't a, a lot that was impressive about the game against West Ham for me. Honestly, I mean, the football was nice at times during the first half. The The forward play was slick. The passing was of the standard you'd expect for players of that kind of quality. Di Maria and Van Persie and Falcao on the side. But at the back, you know, you always felt that West Ham were in it. And, and uh, you know, after the break, West Ham were really the dominant side, I'd say, until... Wayne Rooney got sent off and they were definitely the dominant side after that. Yes, absolutely. Right, where I was sitting, that really definitely looked like a sending off. So I was sitting about on the halfway line, uh, Sir Alex Stand, tier two, pretty lovely view of that. It looked to me like he tried to do a professional foul and instead he ended up absolutely leathering the kid that he was trying to foul downing, I think, right? It's a good summary, yep. It was, a, it was an attempt at a professional foul. It was a Wayne Rooney's first touch of a professional foul. So <laughs> he's tried to clip the lad and he's absolutely whacked him. It's hard to argue, right? Because normally that would be a yellow. Uh, if you just uh, take a player out, you take one for the team, right? Because West Ham were on the break and had uh, something like four against three or, or something like that. And Wayne Rooney's tried to take one for the team, but he's absolutely made a hash of it and he's... He's uh, taking Downing out of the kneecaps and, you know, it's it's just borderline because I don't think he's actually trying to uh, kick the guy at the kneecaps. So it's reckless rather than dangerous, I suppose. But it's hard to argue with a red card, you know, and they did try and argue. Hilarious moment late in the second half when uh, Raphael does get taken out with a professional foul on the edge of the West Ham box and uh, he goes absolutely mental at the referee um, and correctly a yellow card. So, you know, I don't, I don't think United have too much to argue about uh, with either of those incidents. I mean, it was a beautiful moment because suddenly everyone around me is going absolutely ballistic at the ref and not sending someone off for, like, slightly tripping Raphael on the edge of our own box. You know, um, it was ridiculous. Like, the, the, the crowd turned hard on the referee when he sent Rooney off, even though it was, like, it looked a pretty sensible decision. And, and you know, they give it the old Rooney, Rooney, and clapping him off the pitch when he's massively let the team down again. You know, it's just ridiculous. He's just Wayne Rooney, isn't he? and his relationship with, with some of the old Truffle faithful is, is unshakable and 
to just want to see spirit and passion and all that and mm. intelligence and guile goes out the window. Yeah, well, it should uh, it should move from Rooney to Booney, really. <laughs> it should. It really should. All right, so I want to talk about some positives because I think this is often the case, right? When you when you go to the game, you have a much less measured view of the game because you get caught up in the excitement of it all. And and I thought there was a ton of massive positives. In, in the first half in particular. Like, our attacking play was great. Robin Van Persie's goal, what what does it look like on telly? Because it looked, it looked brilliant from the stands. Yeah, fine goal, shifted it uh, and slotted it in with his right, didn't he? Didn't have to uh, use Rooney uh, and he didn't. So, I mean, two, two decent goals from United, really. Uh, and look, the attack, you're right, the attacking play was very positive from United. You kind of expect that given the talent that United have on show, you know, yeah. if the attacking play was uh, all wrong, you'd, you'd seriously be worrying. Of course, they'll get to know each other even better. It's the defensive side of things that's the problem. Uh, and, of course, there are circumstances beyond Van Hal's control this time round. He's gone back to a back four these days, uh, last couple of games, last three games, in fact. And it wasn't his choice to play McNair, of course. You know, if, if uh, the four players of ahead of McNair in the pecking order had been fit, then then one of those or two of those would have played. But um, it wasn't to be. McNair put in a, a decent performance on, on debut. I thought, you know, some nerves, uh, some good saving tackles, uh, brought the ball forward well. Uh, you know, he's uh, uh, those who've seen him in the reserves know he's a very good player. He's, he's destined for good things. You know, we'll see whether it's good or great uh, with him in time. Um, but the whole shape of the back four is, is a little worrying. You know, the... Uh, two fullbacks push forward because they have to, otherwise United will have zero width at all. I, I don't think any of the centre-backs really have looked comfortable in any system today, and uh, I'm afraid people run past Daily Blint. So, you know, he's um, he's good player, Daily Blint, but he's not a great one, and, uh, you know, I, I don't think he'll ever become that, in all honesty. Uh, the size of his game that are good are generally decent defensive instincts, very good passing range, uh, looks very good on the ball. Uh, probably better attacking qualities than defensive qualities, even as a defensive midfielder. And so a lot of that's worrying. And, you know, these are the reasons why, even when Smalling, Jones and Evans and Blackett come back, uh, these are the reasons why United won't quite make it into the top two this season. Uh Three and four look a bit dodgy as well from here. Okay, I <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I guess you might be right. That that wasn't my take on the defensive shape at all. I thought Luke Shaw did really well on his debut. I thought Raphael was maybe man of the match. Raphael was excellent. Yeah, Shaw, Shaw did very well too, you know, but they both bombed on and uh, left massive holes behind them. They, they did, but I thought Rocco did really well. I thought Rocco, Rocco's leadership was outstanding. Like he was constantly talking to McNair and uh, really like there was so much encouragement. You know, we were talking last week about Rooney laying one on Ty- Tyler Black, not laying one, but screaming at Tyler Blackett. And it, it was the exact opposite. Like everyone around McNair was talking him through that game basically in a really overt way and it was that was really nice and Blind was like instrumental in any calm and measured possession that United had and he was also <laughs> constantly in the face of the opposition and and I don't know I, I've, I've got a pretty big uh, football crush on Daily Blind I, I thought he was superb for a lot of the game today and and not that you were saying he wasn't you were just saying people run past him and, and that might be the case but he also stopped a lot of people running past him and 
he was marshalling and pointing and getting people to kind of work the system in a really smart way. So I, I actually thought we looked really cohesive and really functional right up to the point that we went down to 10 men. And even then, and then we were tigerish, which was nice to see. Yeah, interesting this one. So West Ham created 13 chances. It's uh, quite a lot more than United did. Uh, of course, some of that's to do with United going down to 10 men. Uh, mind you, add Old Trafford with the players that United have. Um, you'd think uh, there would be a gap in the quality between these two sides. But they created a lot of chances before Rooney left the pitch as well. So in those first 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes of the second half, uh, whatever it took before Rooney was sent off, uh, West Ham were pretty dominant. Uh, and, uh, they, you know, they picked a tactic uh, in, the, in the second half, at least, uh, which was to go direct. Uh, and uh, United didn't look sure at all. And and one of the, one of the things that's kind of worrying is that David de Gea didn't look very sure either. And and maybe some of that's because players in front of him weren't giving him the confidence that he normally has. Um, I'm not sure, but I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure. I see this as rosy as you. I think United will leak a lot of goals this season. Whomever is in the back four, uh, unless unless something changes, you know, and, and definitely um, you might have a man crush on Blint. Uh, I, I think I could probably pick ten defensive midfielders out in world football that are better than him. You know, it's not really to have a go at Blint. Uh, he's a good player, but the fact that United signed him on the, the the like the last day of the transfer window tells you something, right? They were they were chasing other players, and and he was the safe fallback that United could sign quote unquote in twenty four hours. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I guess so. I guess time will tell. You, you're probably right. He looked really, really terrific and like the player we've been missing for years. And actually, a lot of the less good football he played came when he was then playing alongside Darren Fletcher. And Blint and Fletcher, no way. You know, that's like, obviously, the mobility problem is magnified then, as opposed to like Herrera really is extremely mobile. So Herrera and Blint, together work so put it like this right I think Blint will be a massive asset when United are dominant and transitioning from defense to attack and he's going to be a really big asset when United are not dominant which he's going to be in quite a few games this season then I'm not sure he's going to be the the same kind of massive asset and we might want someone who's a bit more physical in there as well you know and, and you know I don't have that option right now anyway yeah i don't i don't disagree that we we still need someone that's a bit more physical in there but i i just you know he made made three tackles today three successful tackles and like four clearances won three out of his six duels i'm not just listing stats but it's like these are not terrible defensive stats by any means like a defensive midfielder at united who who makes three tackles it's been a long time since we had a player who does that on a kind of regular basis you know Uh, I know it's not a lot but it might not sound a lot but that's a it's a fairly significant number especially with Herrera like the two of them are they're terriers you know they don't they don't stop they're constantly hassling I think yeah there's a problem still when teams get on top of us and I think some of that is still psychological you know I think some of that is down to lack of confidence and but some of it is down to lack of physical presence that that is definitely a problem at United no question yeah well those are some of the things that, that come out of the game I mean look in in the aggregate of this season it's still not good yet I, I I'm fully confident that United will uh, will come good this season it will uh It'll happen eventually. I don't know what's happening down at the magical Carrington Medical Centre that they spent millions on, uh, sponsored by uh, you know whatever uh, medical imaging company. But I think was it was it Hitachi, one of them anyway. And uh, I don't know what's going on down there, but it's not working. United had nine players out injured. 
today, plus Blackett makes 10. And uh, it'll be about a similar number next week against Everton, won't it? Because uh, Rooney will be suspended, Blackett will be back, but a lot of injuries. This isn't good enough. And frankly, when Evans and Smalling have not been injured, they didn't look very good. So um, there's still plenty of question marks, but I, I have absolutely no doubt that United are going to be a lot better than they have been to date. In reality, there's only really been that performance against QPR and the rest of them lots have gotten lots of question marks. And I think I think going forward, United are going to be a lot better than defensively and that's kind of obvious right you know you just look at the names right and then you look at the names at the back and there's too many question marks over all of them and a lot of it's fitness and with Rojo it's been new and and with Luke Shaw it's can he make his mark in the team very very good debut I thought you know I think he's he's gonna have a lot to offer you nicely I mean you know did, did we ever doubt that um, a very talented player uh, and Raphael, we want that kind of performance rather than the one that we saw against Leicester. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. OK. I don't, I'm sure he did too much wrong against Leicester, did he? Um, but, you know, that's... Well, aside from never actually being in the, the right position, yeah. <laughs> um, so but apart from that... Yeah. But anyway, yeah, he was magnificent today. And I, I, I kind of I kind of agree, but I, I think that the... The the fact that this team, I mean, you can say, oh yeah, well, you know, compared the, given the quality difference on the pitch, then this should be the minimum expectation. But that hasn't been reality. You know, we have capitulated all season. Last season we capitulated. Last season we would have lost this game. I mean, you can't. I just said that with great authority, but of course it's a complete intangible. But I would have backed us to lose this game, and the fact that we held on. There was a lot of like really smart little things that happened to enable us to hold on to. And, and yeah, West Ham created a lot of chances. They didn't create a lot of very good chances, though, did they? Well, Valencia could have had a couple of goals. I mean, he hit the woodwork, didn't he? And then, um, and then there were some others where he got into good shooting positions. So, I mean, I think Allardyce said afterwards he could have had a hat-trick. Maybe that was a, an exaggeration. I don't know. His finishing's that good, but... Um, they, they create some good chances, you know, yeah. enough to, you know, leave Old Trafford thinking uh, they they might feel sorry for themselves that they didn't get the point. But but you're right, you know, United actually defended very well uh, after Rooney was sent off, and that that was a good thing. Mm. Although some of it was pretty agricultural, you know, Rosed was sought frequently. Yeah, this was not an attempt to play out of the back, and maybe that's what was needed. And of course, you know, we want all these things to come together. We want United. To defend with authority, bring it out from the back, and then let the ton of creative talent you know, you know, be destructive uh, in the attacking end. And and it's I guess it's not all going to come together at one time. No, absolutely. Not. Van Hal said this week that he's given them a lot of information. It's going to take them some time. I don't know how long. He keeps changing the timeline. I thought it's three <laughs> months, and then then he said it was a season of transition. So it's it maybe it's somewhere in between. Yeah, maybe so. Um, they look like they're getting it to me. You get the sense that they're getting it. There's a lot of very good positional play going on. There's a lot of people covering each other's spaces, a lot of people using the ball really intelligently, and it hasn't all come together yet. But given that, last week, you know, we were really concerned about West Ham's physical presence, actually, to come out of this game with a win. I don't care if it's like it shouldn't be this way in inverted commas that that coming out away from Old Trafford having beaten West Ham should be a really good thing. That the fact is the way things are at the moment, it just is a really good thing that that's happened, and I think it's just really important for our season and all that kind of stuff. And as you say, it will it will get better, and there are still massive problems, but they're all going to be addressed. You know, none of these problems are going to be ignored, are they? Um, and that's kind of an interesting thing because I feel 
like ever since we started this podcast, we've been talking about various different entrenched problems in the Manchester United squad that haven't been addressed. But I don't, I don't feel like any of this isn't going to be addressed. The defensive situation, that's where the money's getting spent next, right? Yeah, I assume so. And, and uh, Van Gaal has the credentials of a manager to go fix this. This is why he's, he's not getting the, the criticism. I, I, I saw some press this week that said, uh, if this was David Moyes, he would have been blasted by now in the media. Oh no, it was Robbie Savage who wrote in his media column that the media wasn't being negative enough about. Uh, Louis van Gaal, uh, interesting lack of self-awareness there from Savage. It shouldn't surprise anyone, I suppose. Look, uh, it's because the man has a track record uh, and uh, people are confident that uh, he will build something uh, great as a sum of uh, all the parts and the sum of the parts is, is very great, right? So uh, he will get it right eventually at United and we'll, we'll see how long it'll take. It's been a, quite a painful first six games of the season, I think. You know, QPR aside... There hasn't really been a game which uh, which United felt comfortable in. It could easily have dropped points today uh, for many reasons. You know, uh, some of it was sinking into the shell in those first 15 minutes of the the second half. And some of it was Wayne Rooney's stupidity. Uh, and, and some of it was just being down to 10 men and, and allowing uh, West Ham to get on top. But could have dropped the points. Didn't. And that's a massive positive. You know, uh, Everton at home next weekend. Really big game. Everton playing good football again this season is going to be a, a huge game for United. And, and given the circumstances, given the amount of injuries, given the form and given the results to date, it's not a game in which the, you know you can obviously say United are favourites. No, absolutely not. Just to go back to that Robbie Savage point, not just a lack of self-awareness, also a profound lack of media awareness because by October, not a single negative press article had been written about David Moyes because the press gave Moyes a completely free pass and certain aspects of the more than a little xenophobic British sporting press have not been quite so kind to Van Gaal. A lot more op-ed pieces. Oh, is he going to do it? Is he going to be all right? You know, none of that with Moyes at this time. Well, yeah. So, um, you know, in summary of the game, uh, you know, United played well in parts, didn't play well in, in others, and, and Wayne Rooney's an idiot. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so is, is, that good, is that a good summary? Uh, yeah, yeah people, people moan about it. I, I think someone said, uh, uh, FFS, will you stop talking about Wayne Rooney? And uh, this is after Jay had published a piece uh, on Wayne Rooney. It, wasn't nothing, it was nothing to do with me, Gov. Um, you know, it's not just me having a go at him. Uh, and uh, actually, you know, Van Gaal was pretty sensible in the aftermath, I think, said... Uh, Think said that you can give a red card for that, and you can he can imagine why uh, it happened, and and so on. So you know, um, Van Hal doesn't appear to be the man to moan about referees too much, or at least he hasn't done to date. At uh, United, we'll see whether that comes later or not. You know, all managers like a whinge, don't they? Eventually, but I think it's it's really savvy of him not to do it yet because uh, he's saving it for when he's blameless. Yeah. You know, I think that's very savvy. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's exactly what he's doing. He's uh, he's smart enough. He, he, uh, he's he got his own version of English, does Van Gaal, but he's got a good enough yeah. command of it to, to know exactly what he's yeah. saying. Uh, he's got a good enough command of it to make up his own slightly alternative language where observate means observe and of course 
trainer coach. Manchester United are never going to have a manager again, as far as I'm concerned. Just a, a string of trainer coaches. I wanted to have a little word about the atmosphere inside the stadium because it was really interesting today. So it was like near enough to the singing section that you could hear it clearly. And there were very long, extended periods where, you know, you know those games at Old Trafford where all you can hear is the away fans. Mm-hmm. Lots of them. Yeah. The singing section being there, for the most part, really has stopped that being the case because most of the time the singing section are singing something you can hear them you know there was a weird period at the end of the first half not just after we'd conceded but like right at the end of the first half when you could have heard a pin drop but apart from that it was pretty good and by the end it was incredibly loud uh all around the ground you know sir alex stand tier two not not loud by any means normally but it was really really noisy at the end of that it was really good the only other thing I wanted to pick out from the from that sort of thing was when Van Persie scored and his song rained, you know, started going around the ground. He's given it the old arms in the air. Yep, come on. He might as well have done Hulk Hogan and cupped his hand behind his ear, you know, to listen to the crowd singing. He was he was very happy. And you, you could see, like, because the Falcao song's taken off so much, Van Persie's obviously very happy to hear his song sung. Yeah, uh, ended the game as captain as well. And uh, he might start the next one as captain if uh, Darren Fletcher doesn't start against Everton, which is uh, which is interesting, given the summer's debate about who should be captain uh, Allardyce in the uh, aftermath says we fluffed them and we blew it which was an interesting turn of phrase from the big man um yeah absolutely um so I guess before we preview next week's game should we take a bunch of listener questions because we've got absolutely tons let's go for it all right and and this is on that very subject as Stephen Simon Simon Stevens a big big supporter of the rank cast says um who should be made captain when Rain Rooney is eventually slash inevitably replaced too soon for Daily Blind uh, I think Daily Blind is going to be captain within two years but I do think it's too soon for him for sure and I would assume that Van Persie will get it next next week it was mm. kind of interesting actually because Van Persie when he got the uh, armband he used it pretty effectively actually he was going back and having little words and stuff and there was it was a calming influence mm. for sure well there's certainly a lack of leadership and I think there's lack of leadership in in you know multiple facets you know we've had this conversation on the the pod before i don't think leadership is screaming at your your fellow mates i don't actually think it's the tony adams terry butcher john terry wayne rooney school of leadership that's uh, relevant these days i think uh, actually sam allardyce said something very interesting in the build-up to this game he said that players need an arm around them much more they're much more sensitive uh, they're much more sensitive to criticism than they used to be. I think that's true, right? So if, if captain is translating the manager's wishes, both tactically and philosophically, uh, it's also knowing when to have a go and when to strike fear and, and when to put an arm round their shoulder. And, you know, you picked out the fact that Rojo and uh, particularly uh, David De Gea were talking to Paddy McNair, even after he made mistakes, and he did make mistakes, obviously, you know, inevitably, and they were kind of coaching him through the game rather than screaming at him, as uh, Wayne Rooney may have done, I suppose. Then, you know, a different type of leadership is, is kind of needed these days. So, you know, it's a long rambling way of saying, I think we've got a lack of leaders, 
and some of that's to do with the the transitionary nature of the squad a lot of new players in there no one's obviously the leader of this group you know maybe Wayne Rooney would be it but for many of the failings he has as both player and person I think the next crop of leaders is in the squad though because I think Rocco's got some potential in that regard Blind definitely has leadership potential uh, Phil Jones I think is is definitely a potential leader for the future um, if he can ever stay fit for three games in a row. And Ander Herrera's also got quite a lot of marshalling and midfield general. And he's kind of got a slightly Brian Robson-esque approach to football where it's like be a, an effective attacking player, but also leather into tackles. And, and that's probably quite a useful captaincy trait. So I think there are actually a lot of, there's a lack of leadership, but I, I do think that, has a lot to do with the new players that have been brought in. I think there is a considerable amount of potential in that crop to be a leader in the future. Because, you know, after Nemanja Vidic's first game, you wouldn't have said he'd be a future Manchester United captain, would you? You know, No, but his leadership came out you know, reasonably quickly, I think. Anyway, look, um, you're, you're right, there's some potential, but uh, one of them has to emerge. Phil Jones is, is an obvious one, right? But he has to stay fit and he just can't do it at the moment. You know, three years on from Jones joining United and Smalling and what's, you know, six or seven years since Evans joined United and all... Three of them have suffered injury problems uh, on such an ongoing basis that it's hard to believe that you can rely on any of them at the moment. You really want them to come good. Jones, in particular, was having a good season. It's a real shame he got injured because he might have turned into a leader. I don't mean the next captain necessarily. You know, he's still, what, 22 or whatever. Um, but uh, but definitely a leader. And United's kind of short of that at the moment. You know, when you think back to some of the great United sides, I mean, you know, it's a cliche saying the 94 side, so this, this side pales <laughs> in comparison, right, compared to the personalities in that 94 side. But that's a good benchmark, right? So, so a few players have to emerge uh, and they have to take the responsibility seriously. And we can't be having performances like we've had sort of in aggregate over the first six games, six, seven games of the season after Christmas. You know, by then Van Gaal's philosophy should be on board. These players should have jailed. There's enough talent there that United should be putting in some real performances. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I definitely think there are signs that it's coming. I was thinking about that Leicester game today. All the good things that happened in that Leicester game are sustainable in the medium term future like all that amazing attacking play that's that's in the squad to do that and it, you know it's very sustainable with the players we've got and that complete defensive collapse is probably a short term problem rather than a long term problem assuming that that defense is addressed in the way we need it to be at Mlahoretep uh, that's my best guess at that name. Oh, it's it's Peter Home backwards. That's his name. There you go. That's easy. Um, a huge De Gea fan, but he seems way off his game as of late. What do you think is responsible for this form dip? Like maybe he just really misses Chris Woods. I don't know. Uh, he's definitely having a slightly ropey season. It could be the curse of player of the year. Because two seasons ago, it was, it was Valencia and then the following season, rubbish. Then it was Carrick. Bobbins, then De Gea. Oh, maybe, yeah, maybe he's he's been affected by the curse. I don't, I don't think there's any such thing, and I don't think it's no, that. No, I, think, I. I think it's just that the the back four is changing, back three, back four, back five, whatever, is changing constantly in front of him. Uh, the quality of players has dropped, uh, and uh, and that's affecting his game. You know, uh, back four is un or back four, back five, whatever is unsure, and and that's translated itself into some of De Gea's performances. Uh, his form has definitely dipped a little bit, but but then again, can you pick a player out uh, of United's defenders who's had a good season to date? Well, 
yeah, Phil Jones, then he got injured. Uh, Blackett, considering where he's come from, has had a pretty impressive season. I mean, no one's been consistently excellent all the way through, but Raphael looks like he's approaching his proper self again to some extent. Uh, Rocco started fairly nicely. They've also conceded a ton of goals. You know, that's, that's a very <laughs> yeah, rosy have, view yeah, of yeah. Uh, what's actually happened, right? So, uh, um, you know, potential, but uh, I don't think any of them have played well. And I think that's uh, uh, that's translated into De Gea's performances too. You know, there's, there's more to come. And we know what a good goalkeeper De Gea, De Gea is, so I don't think we need to worry too much. No, and I think easily the biggest thing is going to be a settled back four. And that's, you know, settled back fours are crucial for great sides, aren't they? Mm. The, the trouble is, right, Smalling, Evans, Jones, Raphael... Always injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big problem. Always injured. And uh, I'm afraid you just have to look at history to say they're always going to be injured too. Uh, yeah, you you would imagine so. Although sometimes players do have periods in their career where they're afflicted by a lot of injuries and then go through long stretches where they're not afterwards. But I I, I think that's only likely to happen to one of them at best, isn't it? So anyway, we'll see. <laughs> at Ben Gloria says, if you drop soap on the floor, does the soap get dirty or does the floor get clean? That's really straightforward. The soap gets dirty. There's no question about that. And the floor doesn't get clean either because it's got soap all over it. Yeah, exactly. You could then use that soap to clean a small part of the floor with the correct materials. But yeah. At Man United 246 says, who would win a fight between a tiger or a shark? Oh, come on. Come on. This is ridiculous. And what does 246 mean? That's the number of days that United have actually been good over the last two years. No, no, that's that's way more than the number of days United have actually been good. It would clearly depend on whether the match was on land or sea. Like, you know, this is dead straightforward. Right. Uh, aside from Falcao, says at Alibab77, where are the new songs for the new players? Herrera, Di Maria, Blind? I've got one for Blind. Blind is the one. Blind is the one. Blind is the one. Blind is the one we've waited for. Terrible. No, no, not terrible. Brilliant. That's the all <laughs> version of the blind leading the... The blind. <laughs> At Maz underscore man underscore United said, seriously, has it happened before where captains are dropped on the basis of their performances and they don't necessarily have an assurance of a place in the first team? Uh, yeah, I mean, Fergie would drop his captain in a heartbeat, wouldn't he? Yeah, uh, for the most part, he his captains were, were good enough to be uh, in the side most of the time. And of course, you know, uh, Roy Keane dropped out the side, but mostly dropped out the side due to various injuries as, as he got older. And then, uh, then MUTV gate. Yeah, Robson dropped out of the side because he got injured. Uh, Bruce was moved on eventually, so uh, Cantona retired uh, abruptly. Uh, he he didn't drop out of the side at all. But I, I don't think, from the body language and the words that Van Hal uses, that he's uh, intending on dropping Rooney anytime soon. Of course, Rooney's managed to drop himself for the next three games. Yes, uh, <laughs> some people might say that. Yes, I mean, really, honestly, it's not because I don't want Rooney in the team. It's because I want one matter behind two strikers, and that is only going to happen if Rooney's not in the team for the time being. Yeah, um, what happens uh, if United win the next three games at a canter? Yeah. Uh, somehow magically sort out the uh, the back line and start defending well and it all clicks up front. Well, that was what, in fact, what Maz underscore man underscore UTD uh, was that that was the subsequent question was exactly that. What is the outcome of that then? Mm. Matt has scores five goals in the next three games 
and sets up a bunch of chances for Falcao and Van Persie. Yeah, it's hard to drop him, but he will get dropped. Well, not necessarily, because at that point you could rest Van Persie, potentially, you know, so... But he will eventually, for sure. At Craig English 92 one of my very favourite Twitter people, says, McNair, just for Christmas or the perfect blacket backup? I've got to go with just for Christmas for now. It was lovely. He didn't look overawed, but he's not at that level yet, is he? He did very well, but that should be a cameo. Yeah, and it will be a cameo, yeah. Uh, interesting that uh, Tom Thorpe came on as well, gave him a debut. I'm not sure that the Thorpe will stay at United for all that much longer, so... He's uh, at the age of 21, finally got a first-team debut. Uh, and it was nice, yeah, even if it was for about 30 seconds or so. Yeah, and it's kind of really a bit even more of a kick in the teeth for him, isn't it, that McNair started ahead of him? Because he would have thought perhaps he was ahead of McNair in the pecking order. Yeah, well, maybe Van Hal doesn't have pecking orders, because aside from Wayne Rooney, uh, because Blackett would not have been many people's choices as a first pick central defender for Manchester United you know he wouldn't have been many people's choice as a first pick left back either which is the position he's played for most of his career you know transition from left back to centre back over the last year or so really yeah absolutely at White Pele 10 and at Freshman United both very kindly asking me whether I had a good time today I had an absolutely brilliant time uh, it, it was lovely to watch football it was lovely that we won so so that was super super great but it was also really nice to meet some rank cast listeners which is always just a lovely thing when that happens in real life and I want to give a big special shout out to Joe 89 who uh, who made my day uh, by calling out to me at the end of the match so that was really nice so yeah a lovely day and met the chaps from Red Mancunian met Tom from the Can They Score podcast chatted with Noz from the Football Flush for a bit it was just it was all football podcasters all the time it was brilliant yeah just just name dropping there <laughs> no not Paolo famous gone to your head yeah totally that's it now yeah. I'm too big for Let, this let's, uh, let's give a list of five reasons why famous gone to Paul's head <laughs> see stick it up on Bleacher Report tomorrow you're always here to make me feel terrible about myself as quickly as uh, good things happen there Ed I'm very much looking forward to next week where thanks to the kindness of another Rankcast listener who will remain nameless has very generously given me and Ed use of the tickets for next week so we're going to go to a football match together for the first time since uh, West Brom away last year which I guess leads us nicely on to uh, previewing Everton yeah big game for United a uh, very big game for United so can can Reds build on this result uh, oh, have we got any defenders back I'm not sure uh, I don't think Smalling and Evans are that far away from fitness are they so you never know Will Rojo keep his place in the centre of defence? Does Luke Shaw keep his place? Certainly played well enough to justify it, I think. Can uh, United kind of up the game? Uh, certainly Everton are going to ask plenty of questions. Uh, they are you know, not slipping back uh, any, I don't think, this season. Martinez obviously got them playing good football all round. Solid result in the Merseyside derby. You know, perhaps they're disappointed they didn't even win that. Uh, you know, huge game for United. Uh, I'm not sure I could call it either way at the moment. So the only thing I've seen from the uh, Merseyside derby was Jaggy Elka's absolute wonder goal. I assume that Harry Redknapp has sat uh, Rio Ferdinand down in front of a video of that and said, yeah, yeah, son, see if you could do this by next week. Yeah, well, of course, you know, uh, Rio has scored in one of these games against Liverpool too. <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah. In fact, maybe Jaggy Elka learned it by watching videos of Rio. I, I think Jaggy Elka's was a slightly better 
goal. I mean, troubled times for Liverpool, of course, you know, not picking up too many points and... Uh, um, hmm. Not not going to say that either of us called that one out or anything. No, no, I came clean last week, Ed. You've definitely you're definitely one nil ahead on that. I'm hoping that my buoyant optimistic about United's uh, future defensive prospects brings us back to one all. Well, you're optimistic, which uh, maybe you've picked up from uh, Louis Van Gaal. It will certainly be well founded if United get a result against Everton for sure, because because um, you know Everton. Um, they they haven't picked up a lot of points this season. They have drawn too many games, uh, you'd say. They're a team that uh, I'm sure will be fighting for European places at the end of the season. So if United can progress from a uh, kind of scrappy win against West Ham to, to beat Everton at home, uh, which we haven't managed for a couple of seasons or something, uh, will be you know massive bonus. Yeah, and I have to say, uh, my optimism doesn't necessarily extend to thinking that we're going to beat Everton on Sunday because I think that's going to be a really difficult game. It's kind, it's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting game in a lot of ways because you'd think to a certain extent Everton's style of play might be something we'd rather play against than uh, than an Allardyce team, for example, because. You know, keeping a ball on the ground, we can sort of do something about that. Our movement can match theirs potentially, um, but I think Lukaku will definitely cause whatever like ragtag bunch of ne'er do wells we call a back four next week. I, I think it'd be really interesting to see uh, whether even if uh, we've got enough fit centre backs, Luke Shaw keeps his place at left back because he looked really assured today and he's like really contributed and in, in the attack as well. So I. I think he'll play, right? I'd expect him to. He, he deserves to get a game. I mean, of course, a big factor in this one is the fact that Everton have a UEFA Cup game. It's, it's one of the things that I think has caused them some trouble at the early part of this season. They've got to get used to those kind of Thursday, Sunday turnarounds. And it's a lunchtime kickoff on Sunday as well. So they're going to weigh game in Eastern Europe. They're going to get back on you know Friday. They probably won't train Friday and they'll have a light training uh, session on Saturday and then they're straight into the game so that will have an effect on Everton that that's good news for United um, United have got a week now uh, you know full preparation which Everton don't have and you know there's there's a lot of things in in United's favour uh, it would be helpful to get some players back of course a lot of players out at the moment uh, the, the key ones are some defenders I don't, I don't think it's uh, fair to expose McNair and, and Rojo in the centre of defence there. I mean, you know, maybe Rojo will, will find uh, his place there for the long term. You know, he certainly didn't look out of place, did he? And, uh, you know, maybe maybe he's the answer because Smalling and Evans and, and Jones are so, so inconsistent in terms of their fitness and, and often performances too. So um, we'll see. It's an important one for United, but definitely an advantage Everton having to play. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And, I guess maybe, I don't know, I think I've got to go with a measured uh, prediction of a draw for that one. I think a draw is a pretty good result for us in that game, isn't it? It's, it's certainly not a disaster. Yes, although United need points, right? You know, up to seventh. Yes! As we speak, <laughs> up to seventh, but but that is the seventh that's eight points behind Chelsea. So, uh, look, I don't, I don't think realistically United are putting in a title bid right now. <laughs> how, many, how many points is it behind fourth, Ed? Let's it's, be real. It's only a couple behind Arsenal, right? So... Um, you know, for all the disaster that has been the start of the season, all the negative copy, it's it's not far off where United actually have to be in three off third. Um, Southampton being the surprise team in there, you know, I think everyone thought they'd fall apart given how many players left. But 
but uh, they've had a very positive start to the season. Probably won't continue for the whole season, but um, you know, so United are not in a disastrous position uh, given some of the difficulties this season. That that result today is a massive bonus. Uh, Van Persie said afterwards that it was a a huge bonus. It was much more than the uh, the three points, and uh, he's right. And um, United have to kick on from here. You know, it's it's there's only a certain period of time. Uh, in which United can keep getting bad results uh, and keep being inconsistent without it starting to then affect the, the side. You know, momentum is important. I do believe that Van Hal's a higher quality coach than Moyes. I do believe that he's he's got a direction he's heading in and has a vision where Moyes never did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I know I state the obvious there, which is why you're laughing. Um, but but it kind of needs to be said, right? But but the lack of momentum can impact, right? Uh, and. Uh, um, you know, you wouldn't get you want to get to a position where people are starting to lose faith, uh, and that's why the games against Everton and the upcoming ones in the in the next few weeks are really important. Uh, yeah, I can I completely agree with that. I have to say the the other thing though is being United centric, and I think being sort of vaguely optimistic about the future of United, but a bit worried about the present. We think about the challenge posed to us by the opposition, but we're also an enormous challenge for our opposition teams at the moment because to try and defend against the attacking options we've got, when Falcao starts scoring, it's going to be very pretty indeed because he was brilliant today, uh, bar that goal that is kind of desperately needed but his hold up play and his ability to keep the ball and surrounded by players that kept thinking he was going to lose the ball he just barely ever did mm. well he's a very high quality number nine you know very old-fashioned yeah. number nine but a very high quality one you know and obviously that's why he gets paid the the mega bucks well look put it this way there's everton there's the international break there's the away game at west brom and then there's those two massive games against Chelsea and Manchester City before the end of, well, sort of around the end of October. And and that's, you know, those are huge games in terms of the tempo, the momentum, the feeling around Van Hal's squad. Imagine that United win against Everton, win against West Brom, feel good going into the national break, feel good going into that game at home to Chelsea. Huge, right? Or draw against Everton, difficult match away at West Brom, you know, a couple of draws yeah. or a loss and a yeah. draw or something like that. Completely different vibe uh, going into that game with Chelsea coming to Old Trafford. Yeah, and today was, well, as we record this today, was the first part of generating the necessary momentum. You know, the Leicester game should have been a comfortable win for United. Like, it was turned by refereeing and then we totally lost it. And But that game was kind of travelling in a direction like the first half of that game the first half of the game today uh, the entire performance against QPR barring a couple of like 10 minute spells there has been some great football on show from United so if they can put it together for longer periods of time which you would think they will and that cohesion and philosophy starts to build um, there, there could be some some pretty good times ahead in the even in the short term future I reckon yeah all very positive then hmm <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I knew yeah. you wouldn't like that. <laughs> no, it's not that I don't like it. I just think that there are there are so many questions uh, about uh, a lot of players at United. You know, less about the new players, obviously. Maybe Rojo is the one that there's a big question mark about. Not not his quality per se. Just it's it's going to be a tough time for him, I think. And it it has been. You know, he's. Uh, as a, a kind of, a, I like his aggression. I like the fact that he wants to take a lead. Uh, I don't like where he stands on the pitch some of the time, and uh, you know he's got to learn some of that. 
and then Luke Shaw, the question mark, just simply because Van Hal said he wasn't fit and then didn't pick him, you know, and he had this injury. Uh, and so now he's been in the side. Now he's had a good game, good good run out against Everton. Maybe he'll get to bed himself into the, the side and people can stop uh, with this kind of nonsense around, you know, Van Hal doesn't rate him as Mullenstein said this week. Or God, sort of said. Sort, sort, sort. He didn't really say that. That was a headline. I mean, it's kind of interesting because a lot of the United ranks were, uh, all the wagons were circled around Moyes. Like there was a lot of positive commentary around Moyes from the, the ex-United players and stuff. And it's just not the same for Van Gaal at all. It's, it's, it's kind of interesting because Giggs is at the heart of that regime too. But I don't know. Gary Neville is not as, as nice about the team without Phil Neville being there as he was when Phil Neville was there, is he? Well, no, that's true. You, Kips, Gary Neville is, is not quite the same uh, sponsor of Van Hal as he was of David Moyes. <laughs> yeah, quite. So, predictions for the Everton game. I think I'm going to go with two all. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a 1-1. One, one. It's, it's clearly going to be really tight uh, and... Uh, I find it hard to believe that Everton will come to Old Trafford and not score. Yeah, but it's quite hard to imagine. The reason I went for 2-2 is that the thing about that United side at the moment is it's like, you know, there's a lot of goals in that team and they have not had any difficulty putting the ball in the net, have they, in the last three games? No, they haven't. Uh, and, um, you know, the amount of talent. Got to assume that Matty comes back into the side. Uh, of course, uh, Van Hull could well troll us all and, Play a different, completely <laughs> different formation. He could bring Fletcher in and, and push Di Maria forward. That is another option. You know, a lot less dynamic attackingly to do that. I hope Mata comes in. I really want him to come good at United. I think uh, it would be a massive shame if he's sold, uh, not least because it would leave United without a proper number 10 after having like 15 of them at one stage. You know, Shinji's gone. If Mata goes too, then left with Rooney, who's not a number 10, and, and Yanazai, who would like to be a number 10, but we have real, very little evidence that he actually is a number 10 yet. It, much like Wayne Rooney. Well, we have lots of evidence that he is not a number 10. Lots and lots of evidence. <laughs> yeah, that... Which people don't like when we say that in print or uh, in spoken word. No, they don't. But this was definitely like a victory for the uh, people who think Wayne Rooney's not a very good leader when he got himself sent off at a really crucial time in the game. But anyway, good old Wayne Rooney. He might come good. He might improve as a captain. Uh, that might happen too. Who knows? So we might improve as podcasters and have more to talk about after the next game. We've managed to squeeze an hour out of these two games again, Ed. Not bad. Yep, yeah, very good. Uh, and uh, in the meantime, you'll, you'll find Paul at, uh, at UTD Rantcast on Twitter where he'll also be posting nonsense that he writes for the Bleacher Report and occasionally for other websites too, the Splitter. <laughs> I've noticed. It's all right, Paul. I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you. Uh, and you can find me at United Rant, uh, where I'll probably be engaged in arguments with uh, some random. Uh, and you can find us both at uh, United uh, Rant on Facebook. Uh, we are also on Google+. Plus. <laughs> are we on Ello? I think I've got an Ello invite. We might be on Ello soon. I'm not even sure I know what Ello is, but that's because I'm not one of the cool <laughs> kids. Uh, uh, in, the, in the meantime, if you love the show and want to show your appreciation, it's unitedrant forward slash donate. And uh, enjoy the game against Everton next weekend. Uh, we certainly will one way or another. 